Max Verstappen passes Fernando Alonso's pole position total in an absorbing qualifying session today. Welcome back to the Grid Talk podcast. This is episode 287, and today we will be reviewing today's Monaco Grand Prix qualifying. I'm your host, Tom Horrocks, and today I am joined by Grid Talk host, Louis Edwards. Hello. From Paddock Pals, Rachel Capusta. Hi. And another Grid Talk member, uh, Mr. Tom Downey. Hello. And before we get going, we'd just like to thank this week's sponsor, which is, as usual, Bet Online. BetOnline.ag is your number one source for all basketball info, stats, news, and scores. Get the latest odds and lines, including the latest player reports for this year's pro basketball playoffs. BetOnline is always your sports information headquarters this season, as we have you covered uh, for all your wagering needs. Basketball, MLB, NHL, hockey, right to UFC and boxing. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to get your betting info including live betting options and your favorite casino and card games you can play right from your home. Head to the website today and use your mobile device to get in on the action. And be sure to use our promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, where the game starts. So I don't know about everyone else here in the room today, but uh, I found that an incredibly absorbing qualifying session and uh, and lots of screaming going on in my house as well just never knowing who who was uh, who was going to come out on top but uh, once again louis it was verstappen on top he really did save the best to last today yeah i mean saturday is where it's, it happens at monaco we all tune in probably more on a saturday than a sunday because of just how good qualifying is and max verstappen <laughs> absolutely amazing final sector to snatch pole. I thought it was, you know, cut and dry. Fernando's got this. Max is two tenths off the pace. And then suddenly, boom, Max goes fastest with a little speed boost off the wall um, coming out the final corner. But genuinely amazing stuff yet again. You know, these cars may look a bit big and clunky during the racing, but when they are going full out, through the streets of Monaco, there is few sites in Formula One that could ever beat it. Yeah, one hundred percent agree. And for an absolute hot minute there, I was convinced that it was going to be Fernando Alonso on pole there, Rachel. And uh, what did you think of his performance today? And just how close did he come to getting pole? Oh, he was amazing today. He was pushing on the limit. He said he was driving like an animal, and I totally saw it. It was great to just to see him out on track. He just struggled a bit in that last sector. And I think if he could have pulled that off and pulled that together, um, I think he would have had pull. But we all know Fernando tomorrow, he's going to shoot right off that line and go for it on Max into turn one. So I'm excited to see that tomorrow. But, you know, I feel like Fernando just had a really, really great day today. Yeah, absolutely. He was definitely behind in that third sector, the only really high speed section of uh, of the Monaco track there with a couple of high-speed-ish corners, if you can call them that, really. So it was uh, a phenomenal, phenomenal performance from Fernando Alonso. And uh, and Charles Leclerc in third place then, Tom. he's uh, It looks like he may have uh, lifted the penalty, or has he? Because uh, it looks like he may well potentially be in line for a steward's inquiry. Yeah, so there's nothing confirmed yet for Leclerc's penalty. He has been summoned for impeding Lando, um, in Q3, mind you, that's probably the quickest lander was ever going to go. Um, and I, I mean, it's, you know, to, to coin a phrase that Martin Brundle loves, it's probably going to be slam dunk. You know, 
if there's anywhere that you're going to get impeded, it's going to be Monaco because you know, it, you know, it's narrow, you know, car wide, that can be too big, all the rest of it. And uh, unfortunately, yeah, you, you know, the Claire did did impede him. Um, there's nothing confirmed yet with regards to penalties. Uh, he was driving right on the limit. You know, he got very close to the barriers, but he just didn't really have that that extra sort of two tenth, three tenth that the um, that Max and Fernando had. Yeah, absolutely. It was uh, just one of those one of those sessions again. There, just you just couldn't take your eyes off it. There was just always something going on. And uh, talk about like just not taking your eyes off things. You take your eyes off for a, for a for a tenth of a second, and all of a sudden, Fernando Alonso comes up and not Fernando Alonso, Esteban Ocon. We've already done Fernando Alonso. Esteban Ocon crops up and sticks it in pole position, or what we thought. And we honestly, Louis, we thought, could this really be an, an Alpine pole position for you know on the weekend that everyone was talking about Fernando Alonso potentially getting that pole position for his old nemesis, um, Esteban Ocon. I'm going to stop calling him Fernando Alonso at some point. Esteban Ocon to to uh, to put it on that provisional pole, and then in the and fourth place really came out of nowhere today. Where did that come from from the Alpines? I don't know. And they were, you know, they were saying on the commentary that Alpine had been saying that they they liked their chances. They thought, you know, they'd get a drive in the top six. And I don't think they quite anticipated Ocon going as fast as being on provisional pole. But it's incredible just how close we've had of a battle around Monaco. Of course, it's always quite close because of the nature of the circuit. But wow, it was between you know three four teams and they all looked incredibly fast and when Ocon went fast it was, it was by a tenth it wasn't like by narrow margins it was quite significant and I think it definitely did raise a few eyebrows and it's great for Alpine they've been having a pretty horrid start of this season and to be in fourth place there is definitely chances for podium there if any sort of safety cars red flags whatever you know come up tomorrow but Ocon is in an amazing place yeah and that with that front row with Fernando and uh and Verstappen alongside each other a potential penalty for Sainz we could well not Sainz sorry for Leclerc we could well see a uh, return to that Hungarian uh Grand Prix win it's definitely a possibility there it's long odds but uh certainly certainly worth thinking about um, next up then is Carlos Sainz. Then Rachel, uh, fifth place, really on the back foot all day. Is, is he going to be relieved at this fifth place? You know, I think it's kind of what we all expected coming into this weekend. Maybe fourth because no one really expected Esteban to pop up in there. Um, and so I feel like it was kind of as expected. Uh, he kind of really didn't make any headlines during this qualification either. It was all the other names popping to the top of the charts. And then I feel like I barely even was watching Carlos Sainz, but you know, it's, it's definitely good for him. He's going to in a good position to score some points. Yeah, he's, um, it was very much anonymous all day, but I think a good recovery from that practice crash and uh, and yeah, to, to recover to P5 in the end, uh, decent, decent return. But I was thinking perhaps maybe Ferrari might be off a little bit more and uh, the next up then is is Sir Lewis Hamilton. Then Tom, a very scrappy session. The uh, the the upgrades not really meant to be bedded in and tested on this circuit, but uh, he just kept putting in those laps at the last minute. And in the end, out qualifying Russell, will he be happy with that or disappointed that he's really at the back of the third row? No, oh, Hamilton's never happy. He's always thinking misery cuts. 
No, he's even got blimmin' side pods now and he's still moping. Mind you, he did put in the ball in FP3, so what can you say? Um, I, I mean, you know, he was he was whinging to Bonner, you know, saying that um, that his tyres weren't ready for for uh, or that they they cooled down and and he then goes and puts it comfortably in the top ten. You know, we had it in Q1 and in Q2. Both times he's sort of on the cusp and then. You know, Partially because the track was ramping up, but you know Hamilton does go very well around Monaco. You know he's won three times and poles, and you know obviously you know, he's one of the best drivers we, we've we've ever had uh, in in F1, and I'd stand by that. You know even as even as a Max fan. Um, so yeah, you know he'll, he'll be pleased to qualify his teammate. I mean, the first person you're you're always judged against is your teammate, and you know he's beaten him. Um, you know some people may say, oh you know, oh, no one's going to have get home. Doesn't matter. Hamilton's qualified ahead of him when it really mattered, and ultimately, it was a, it was a, it was a, I'd say a good result for Hamilton. I'd say probably as good as it was, as good as it could have got for him. Yeah, P six probably all he was looking for, but you know, there's uh, the Mercedes fans out there probably would have been hoping for a little bit more from this upgrade package, given that P six was pretty much where he was before the weekend. But uh, but going on to P seven, then Pierre Gasly, then Louis is. Uh, do you think he would have taken P seven at the start of the day? However, probably a little bit disappointed to be behind Ocon. Yeah, I mean, any any driver is going to be disappointed to finish behind their teammate and. I think it just goes to say that like Ocon did an amazing job and I think Gasly is where we were probably more or less expecting that Alpine to be. I think we should, shouldn't um, take it away from Gasly that he's done, a, I would say, a very decent job in that Alpine. The team will be generally happy that they've got both drivers in the top 10. Good chance of points with the, you know, with the lack of overtaking and... While Gasly himself will probably be disappointed that Ocon was able to get you know that much more out of the car, I don't think he can be overly disappointed because it's going to be, you know, hopefully if he keeps his nose clean, then it's going to be bang on for points. You know, one of the most closely contested teammate battles there. And also this weekend, having that those two penalty points from Miami last year have dropped off. So he's a few more points away from a potential race ban. So he is now allowed to crash into his teammate all he wants for this weekend anyway. Uh, so next up then was uh, was George Russell then, Rachel. Eighth place seemed to have a bit of an issue with setup at the start of the weekend, seemed to recover well. Um and again, at one point, he was looking quite racy in uh, in the first two two sessions. But again, happy or disappointed with the performance today? You know, they came with so many changes with that car. And at, at, at a track like Monaco, it's definitely not the best to test all that out at. So, you know, maybe he just wasn't as comfortable with that. I think he'll be disappointed um, with where he ended up on there. Um, I kind of thought maybe he could get a little bit more out of the car. Um, but like I said, it is new. and literally their floor got exposed same as red bull when that crane came out which is they're gonna they're gonna get rid of those cranes they have to the teams are gonna be hoping they get rid of those so they don't get all get exposed like that but um yeah george i feel like he'll be disappointed but um in a good spot to get points if something happens maybe he could gain a few places 
Yeah, I mean, there's there's no tracks like Monaco to pass. No, literally, there's no tracks like Monaco to pass. But uh, yeah, I, I I think it's definitely a case of form and orderly queue behind that Red Bull when they were uh, taking the pictures. Uh, I'm sure that all the photographers were there taking a picture of the underside of that that Red Bull and probably the uh, the Mercedes as well. But it's a really good point that you mention about the uh, about the fact that it is an all new car and we you know these are the best drivers in the world. But to throw them in, onto a circuit like Monaco with a car they've never driven and then expect them to be right on the pace. It's uh, it's probably quite a lot we're asking of them there, so uh, we'll, we'll we'll give Mercedes a pass for this weekend, I think, and we'll judge them after Barcelona from our Zoom calls and our sofas. You know these world class drivers. So moving on then to the we'll do the Alpha Tories both together then with Yuki Tsunoda in P9 and Nick De Vries a much better weekend in P12. Seriously impressive from Tsunoda at times today, Tom. How did you rate their performance? So Tsunoda, I was. Impressed. I mean, given the sort of struggles they've had uh, this this year, each and coming into Monaco, I think a, a lot of people were saying, you know, oh gosh, no, you know, when is Debris going to be in the wall? You know, when is he going to morph into Debris this weekend? And you know, Sonoda just being Sonoda, but no, they both kept it really clean. Um, they both put in, you know, really good respectable laps, and you know, and yes, obviously they'll have driven around here in. Formula Three and Formula Two, and you know, Nick, you know, the race ramp here in Formula Three, but it's different to do it in an F1 car because things are so much faster. They stop so much quicker. You know, that you know, everything is is just heightened and faster, and things happen quicker. And and you know, the the pressures are different. You know, the pressure much higher. So, Devries especially really really impressed with him today. You know, I've you could say that obviously there's more pace in Alpha Tari and yeah, there is because Sonoda was P9. But Derice is only three positions behind him. And he was you know, he was keeping Sonoda honest, who Sonoda has been in F one for two years prior. You know, this is his third year um in the sport and his second year with the type of F one cars when this is the first time Derice has been in an F one car around Monaco. You know, you know, and you know, obviously, you know, these twenty twenty two onwards cars. So yeah. The reach, especially Bravo's done, you know, it's uh, the the speculation and you know which hasn't, which is never going to happen. But Daniel Richie can see all the rest of it. He basically just stuck two fingers up to them and said, "Look, hang on, son. You know, I won F two, I won F three. You know, yes, you know, I've had a bit of a slow start, but he, he's adjusting and he's he's really beginning to show promise now." Yeah, hundred percent. And um, as I think, just talks of De Vries losing his drive just uh, just seem insane, to be honest. And uh, also the the first ever Dutch world champion in motorsport as well. I mean, we can't forget that. That's uh, that. That's there specifically for Tom. That one is there. So um, yeah, next up then is with the other the other rookie or one of the other rookies in the field with Oscar Piastri and uh, and Lando Norris. Not very much. Not a rookie anymore. Then Louis McLaren, tenth and eleventh. Norris blocked by Leclerc on his last run. And again, we're still waiting to find out about that. Piastri, P11, just about right for McLaren? Yeah, they've definitely taken step forwards, which is uh, which has been very nice to see. Um, I think there's possibly a bit more potential, uh, maybe from Norris. Um, of course, he did have his issue in Q2, where he, he did break the left front and then to then slam into the exit of, uh, of the back. So... I think you have to give props mostly to the the um, McLaren engineers for even getting Lando out and getting him to even set a lap time in Q3 because that was a mega turnaround to to make sure that, that car was ready to go out. But um, 
yeah, whether or not he would have been able to get much faster, I think P8 may have been a bit, even a bit of a stretch for, for Norris if he was able to get a clean lap in. But, you know, that's by the by. He's got to take what um, comes at him uh, tomorrow and see what he can do. And most importantly, hold on to those points putting positions. Yeah, and if they really want to be fighting with Alpine in the championship for this kind of fifth place, best of the rest, it's like Formula 1.5, whatever you want to call it, then they need to be scoring those those minor points and just hoping for a for a repeat of Australia for the uh, for the Alpines further ahead. But uh, but yeah, I think uh, tenth and eleventh bottom end points, double points finished. They'll be they'll take that right now. I think McLaren. Um, Williams, though, a little bit further away from points, right? Sure, you've got Albon in 13th and Sargent in 16th. Although it could have been a bit of a massacre this weekend for Williams, given their cornering performance. And, you know, they are ahead of an Aston Martin as well. So it shows that it was difficult situation out there. Track was 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 ramping up all the time. So, I mean, not on the face of it, not great, but pretty much, you know, as best as Williams could really hope for. Yes, I completely agree. I think points are going to be really difficult for them this weekend based on where they're at now. Um, I thought Alex did a really good job with what he had. And then, you know, Logan wasn't that far out of making it out of a Q1. So, you know, I was pretty impressed with him. Um, He's getting a little bit better and better each week. He's still quite anonymous week by week, but hopefully we see more out of him and really see if he has what it takes. Yeah, he was. I've just checked. He was less than a tenth behind Valtteri Bottas to to drop out in in Q1 there, Logan Sargent. So definitely, definitely improving and uh, a, a solid driver. But just that Williams can't show him what he is capable of right now. And and hopefully, as the season goes on and the aero restrictions uh, kick in for the teams further ahead, they can develop some pace into that car. And moving on to um, moving on to Lance Stroll, then Tom, you get the honour. Under investigation for a Weybridge infraction, but how was he out in Q2 again? You just love giving me the drivers that I love to talk about. Can you make? Thank you. Appreciate that a lot. Um, Stroll, oh man. Yeah, everybody after is either FP2, FP2. Oh, look, Stroll P3 and Alonso only P12. Yeah, well, that's shut you up, Craig Dennison. You know, so, you know, normality has been restored. Uh, and you know, Stroll has proved once again that you know he is is all bark and no bite. And with how competitive that Aston Martin is, even though um, Big Papi Stroll owns the team, you have to wonder how much longer he can be in that seat. Although his dad owns the team, so he's fine. You know, he's probably got a pension and everything. Um, you know, so uh, uh, it's uh, yeah. I mean. I don't know where it went wrong for him. The, the, the Weybridge incident, I just want to talk about quickly. It's, yes, okay, he missed a Weybridge, but he was already in the pit lane and he'd already passed two marshalling posts, which were saying, Stroll, come on through. You, you know, and then at the last second, they said, actually, no, get your ass in the, um, in, in the, in, in, in the Weybridge. And he was so far past, sort of like even, not so much so so far past the turning point, but he had seen two or three signs that were already saying, you know, let's, you know, you just come straight through, you're not getting called in. It's, uh, I, I said to Tom earlier, I said, it's very similar to Hamilton Monza 2020, where, you know, there was sort of nothing, nothing, nothing. And then next thing you know, bang, it needs to change. Obviously, in Hamilton's case, pitling closed, and he still came in. Unfortunately, 
Stroll did miss the weight bridge and you know, and his his mechanics jacked the car up all the rest of it. They might not have even been aware by the time you know, and then by the time they'd already jacked the car up, it's just too late. Uh, it's probably going to be a penalty. It's usually a standard. It, I think it might even be a DSQ from qualifying. I don't know. Um, I've been refreshing the FIA website. Nothing yet. Um, he's he's still been summoned, so you know. So uh, uh, you know, we'll find out later on. He may get sort of like mitigating circumstances. I can't. I kind of hope so, but also rules are rules. So you know, it, it's kind of six or one half a dozen of the other with this, but it doesn't. It doesn't excuse his rather lackluster performance today. Again, yeah, that that first opening weekend where we were talking about how impressed we were with Lance Stroll does seem to be a, a long way away at the moment. And uh, but I, I do agree that it would be harsh for for a penalty given given like how light, how late it was. But like you rightly say, there rules is rules, unfortunately. And uh, and it, at the, by that point, he it didn't affect his lap time. He was genuinely was out in Q2 from lap time. So it's a, a disappointing day. And, and from there, we know Monaco, we know what's going to happen from there. So it's going to be a long, long day for him. And uh, Louis, we'll move on to Alfa Romeo. Um, once again, very anonymous, but although we did see Joe pop up in pole at one point in Q1, but uh, 19th overall, 15th for Bottas, just scraping for ahead of Logan Sargent, as we've already mentioned. Is this like they, they kind of returned to what Alpha were before 2022? So they kind of like they're back down to that kind of second to last team again and not really progressing very far. How do you rate their performance? I've always found it difficult to get a read on this Alpha Romeo team because they are just so completely all over the place. And, you know, it's obviously this performance is much better than what we saw in Baku when they were just completely just dead last. Um, and Bottas was having an absolute nightmare weekend. P15 is, you know, probably where I would have expected the Alpha Romeo to be. They're not particularly... Uh, fancy in their in their ways, they are just kind of plodding around. They are just grinding these last few years out until um, that team becomes Aldi. I think that's pretty much the only thing we can say about them at the moment. They are just they're just waiting for that massive cash injection, that whole sort of new technical team to to come in and start running um, running things, and hopefully turn the fortune to this team around. Otherwise. For now, they're doing, I think the drivers are just doing what they can and they will just keep going uh, as they do. They're not really going to be too worried that they're not competing as much with the Williams as they probably should be. Um, But as I said, they're not going to be overly bothered by it because it's it's all about 2026. Yeah, it's uh, it's definitely the, uh, the the shades of the Giovinazzi Raikkonen years at the moment, which got me so exacerbated to be talking about Alfa Romeo on this podcast. And uh, I, I don't want to return to those days. I, I genuinely got excited by Alfa Romeo last year, and uh, and I, I want to see more of that. And I want to see them fighting for points. And and they're just just nowhere at the moment. And I, I just hope that that the Audi money starts coming in and they start ramping up development, but. There's a long, long way to go. And uh, another team that kind of a very similar boat to, to Alfa Romeo. Like They looked so good last year. They've shown moments of speed this year, Rachel. And that's the, the Haas team, 17th and 18th, though. I mean, I mean yeah, they, they, built, they beat a Red Bull. 
but that's because he's backed it into the wall. So, uh, yeah, what, what's your what's your take on the uh, on the two Haas drivers? I was extremely shocked when they got out and how low they were. I mean, especially from um, Hulkenberg this year, we've seen some amazing qualifying sessions where he's been able to put in these great laps. And we didn't see that today. And I was pretty shocked, especially in Q1, how the um, track just kept ramping up and we kept seeing names that we don't usually see at the top jump up there. I was kind of surprised we didn't see that Haas name up there a bit more. They just couldn't really get on the pace, I guess. I don't know if maybe their car is not suited for this track. I'm really not sure what happened. Um, But I personally was pretty shocked to see them down there. I don't know if anyone else wasn't maybe i'm just over enthusiastic about haas i guess um but i was really shocked that they were all the way down there yeah i thought genuinely there was a moment where i thought they were going to play a blinder they were they were sitting in the pits waiting and then going out on the fresh tires right at the end but it it, it seemed like the uh the track evolution and the, the time on track was the most important thing which uh which we all know that you know time on track is is incredibly important in Monaco, and that may well be you know it's part of the reasons why people like Science who had a bit of a bit of an off and Albon they they struggled today because they didn't have as much time on track. It's a, it's definitely a possibility, but uh, a long long day tomorrow. It doesn't look. I mean, the, the rain that was forecast at the start of the week that's now pushed into Monday, so it's likely we're going to have a dry race. So Monaco likely not to see an awful lot happening unless we get some red flags and safety cars but even red flags aren't that common at, at monaco not as not as common as you would think but uh but we, we still have one more driver to talk about and uh true to form tom here we go it's uh it's sergio perez the uh the number two driver to uh to to your man max verstappen you're so despondent with him that you've uh you've just put a hole in the walls <laughs> with your head what happened today uh, my head was just mimicking what he did at the barrier, um, and I've probably got about the same amount of same amount of brain cells left. Um, no, it was uh, 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 Paris. It was you know so much had been oh he king of the streets yeah all right mate calm down um, it, you know he's uh, you know he, he's king of the streets so much he, he tried to marry the barrier at Santa Um I think he got, he got a bit spooked by a fairly shit. It was one of the Alpines that was on the racing line, but going slowly. And then quite late on, that Alpine if, almost just swerved into the pit lane to get out the way. And Paris just caught himself out. He should have... Uh, well, I say he should have abandoned that run and gone you know, gone into the gone into the runoff of turn one. He might have been carrying so much speed, he might not have even stopped if he had even have got into the runoff at turn one, to be honest, thinking about it. Um, the speed is kind of... He was never going to make that. And you could see when he turned in, the rear of the car was just not living with it. It just completely over rotated, and it was uh, it was quite it was quite similar to Albon's crash. Um, you know, so maybe it's that Red Bull second seat curse confirmed. Um, but um, it, you know, it's a uh, he took a he took a one heck of a whack, and it was uh, I'm glad Shaq was okay. You know, he's a, he's he, you know same with Albon on Friday. Um, it's, uh, but you know that's going to be new suspension, probably front and rear on the left, new wings front and rear, maybe floor damage. We don't know. Most likely a new gearbox because that gearbox took again. It was a really really heavy impact because obviously the spires are not forgiving and it's flattened back out. 
So, yeah, his mechanics have got their work cut out. Um, it looks like Checker won't be getting back-to-back wins in Monaco, not that I don't think it was going to anyway. Um, and, um, yeah, it's, uh, it, it's, you know, for, for all the talk at the start of the season of, you know, oh, Checker's going to take the title fights on Max and all the rest of it. Nah, this is, um, Max is doing what he does and he's just, he's just, he's just kicked it up a gear and, you know, as evidenced by his pole position today and, yeah, it's, it's, it's a bit like sort of like with Bottas, I think it's 2019, where he's like, oh, yeah, I'm going to scrap the title. Okay, mate, whatever you say. Um, and then, you know, he sort of just slipped into that number two role. The same with signs last year. You know, it's just, even if Red Bull don't say it, we all know Max is the number one driver. And for good reason, he's, you know, he's a double world champion. Um, and that order, whether it is enforced by the team or whether it is, whether it sort of like just occurs naturally, which is what's beginning to happen. Um, you know, I like Seco, but he is not Alonso, Max, Hamilton, you know, Leclerc level. He's not. He's a good number two. That's a bit of a contradiction in terms. Um, yeah, he, he's a good second driver, but he's never going to be. And the next best thing, you know, he brings good experience and he's a good team player, very good team player, but he's, um, yeah, he, he's not going to, he, he's, he's not really going to challenge the title. And today, I think that's a bit of a, you know, just starting to see those cracks appear. Yeah, 100% agree. I, I do like it very much. So like you said about Valtteri Bottas and those those championship years, I think these these world-class drivers, these, um, these Leclerc's, Hamilton's, Verstappen's, Alonso's that, they start the season, they have, you know, the teammates seem to be very close to their performance, start talking about, you know, can they challenge them? And then they just kick into another gear and they just they just find something extra and, and just push on. Whether it's the maturity of the of knowing that the championship is 21, 22, 23 races long, or whether it's just um whether it's just too exhausting to keep up that relentless pursuit of perfection that that you need to perform at that level week in, week out. But I think one thing we know for sure is that Verstappen is is one hundred percent the team leader. In, in that team and uh, and very likely to, to go on to win the championship and a lot more races this year. Well, that is your grid for the Formula One Monaco Grand Prix, which is is tomorrow. Uh, we will just have uh, a bit more fun with uh, with predictions, though. So I'll come to you first, Louis, then. Um, who are you going to pick for your podium tomorrow? I'm going to go with Fernando Alonso to win the race. And send it as Rachel said that he's going to send it at Sandoval, you know. Um, Max Verstappen second, and then I'm going to go. I'm going to assume that Leclerc is going to get a penalty, so then I'm going to go Ocon P3. Nice, nice. I mean, yeah, it's. <laughs> I think any Fernando Alonso win would definitely be uh, be worth tuning in for as well. So, Rachel, what about your podium for tomorrow? As much as I would love for Fernando to win, I I just have a hard time seeing it happen, even if he can get in front of Max at some point. I, I know it's really hard to overtake here, of course, but it's Max in that Red Bull. It's just so fast. So I'm going to go Max for the win, um, Alonzo for second, and I'm also going to put Esteban on the, the podium. I'm Esteban third. Okay. And Tom, your your spicy podium. Um, I'm gonna go Alonso P1. Uh, yeah, uh, yes, 
yeah. I'm doubting myself now. Um, yeah, check up your two lol. No, uh, uh, no, 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 no. It's it's going to be Alonso in P1, um, and I think Max is going to lose out to Alonso at Sandoval and Ocon's just in Google, and then just basically slip his way through to second, and Max is going to end up P3. Okay, okay. Well, I'm going to go for something a little bit bold. I'm going to say it's going to be a uh, it's going to be a Charles Leclerc win. He's finally going to end the uh, end the curse. It's very much a bold prediction as well. He's not going to get a penalty. He's uh, this Alonso and Verstappen are going to wipe each other out into Sandovot, and Leclerc is going to gloriously come home to win. Uh, Esteban Ocon will not finish second. It will be Carlos Sainz and Lewis Hamilton rounds out the podium. So there's my incredibly not going to happen predictions there. So Louis, if you can top that, have you got a bold prediction for us? Checo to win the race. Uh, <laughs> um, no, I just thinking back because I was I like start of season predictions. I did actually put Leclerc to to win the race. So I kind of. Uh, Hope for not only just your sake, Tom, but also my sake that that um it does happen. But I my bold prediction will. I'm just going to say Checo will get points tomorrow. That would be impressive. It would have to be some decent strategy and a lucky safety car. But uh, he does have the quickest car on the grid, um, so it's it's possible. A bold prediction, Rachel. I'm going to go. Esteban wins the race. Um, let's say Fernando and Max do take each other out. Uh, Charles gets that penalty. Esteban's right up there. Esteban takes it. That's a really good point. Really good point. If all that does happen, then, yep, we could well see an Ocon Science Hamilton podium. It is, it is possible. Uh, bold prediction from you, Tom. I'm going to say no DNFs through crash damage. So mecha- mechanical DNFs, yeah, because things happen. But no DNFs through hitting the barriers or hitting someone else or their teammate or a crane or whatever. Wow. Yeah. Well, I've, um, I've already covered my bold prediction. I think I'm going to lump the whole lot in as one because the, that podium was, uh, was never going to happen. But if you've enjoyed this podcast, we would love it if you could leave us a, a five-star rating on Spotify and a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and wherever else you get your podcasts. If uh, if you're one of those listeners who have not subscribed to the channel, why not like and subscribe now and you'll never miss a show again. Don't forget to click the bell to know when we are live. We've got well over 2,000 subscribers now on YouTube, so thank you all for your support and please consider sharing us with people that uh, like-minded people who love Formula One to uh, to hear more from uh, from us. So before we go, Louis, do you want to um, do you want to plug anything or tell people where they can find out more from you? Uh, not really, but I will just say and reiterate everything Tom said. Um, make sure to subscribe to the Grid Talk. Uh, also, make sure to follow us on Twitter at F1 Chronicle. Thank you very much, towing the company line as always, Rachel. What about uh, Paddock Pals? Tell us tell us about the Paddock Pals. Yes. So Paddock Pals, it's a podcast I do with my cousin, Warren. Um, so we keep it in the fam there. Um, but yeah, you can check out our podcast pretty much anywhere that you listen to podcasts. Also, we're on TikTok, uh, Instagram, Twitter, all the socials. Excellent. Uh, I, I actually did have a listen to that the other day for the first time. So uh, I, I'm, a, I'm a conversion. I, I'm converted now. So uh, so great podcast. Well done. Uh, Tom, uh, let's, let's do a little plug for Formula Talk as we've already heard enough about Grid Talk. Yeah, so I co-host, <clears throat> excuse me, sorry, I co-host Formula Talk alongside Delivery Sophia, who is a panelist on Grid Talk. So we cover F2, F3, F1 Academy, um, 
we also touch upon other racing series, but there are so many racing series. You know, there is there are only so many hours in a day, and uh, and we um and this um yeah, it's a, it's 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 worth a listen. Um, yeah, if you're interested in in the junior series, absolutely do it. Um, I've got a slightly different uh, sort of plug or some shout out today. Um, so. Those of you who are watching may see I'm in a different background. I'm actually sitting opposite Mr. Horrocks. Um, he and I are podcasting. Hey, are podcasting uh, together as I've been up in his neck of the woods because I have purchased a new car. And I just want to give a quick shout out to Maria, who I bought the car from, who we were chatting about F1, and she has dropped us a subscribe, follow, like, whatever you call it. So thank you very much. Ah, uh, the, uh, the the power of um, the power of just what, spending a stupid amount of money on a car to get one extra subscribers. That is how committed we are to you all here on on Grid Talk. So uh, thank you very much for listening. Uh, all our race shows do go out live straight after the event, like today, and uh, our audio version does go out slightly later. We are available on Amazon Fire, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Music, Verbal, and Pocket Casts. And we also run a Patreon. So if you want to help us contribute. Um, please contribute to help us uh, help us continue doing what we're doing. Everything does go back in the show and we never buy biscuits or beer with it, we promise. We will be back tomorrow to review the Monaco Grand Prix. So uh, goodbye for now and we'll see you tomorrow. <laughs>